Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. Hi, I'm Bruce. And today is episode 8 of the season, so 58. Hello. I'm spilling my coffee everywhere. Whoa! I got coffee, it's 7 o'clock p.m. Hello. You know what that means? It's Podtail time. Uh, Podtail? No. Decktails. Decktails! Um, <clears throat> it's, uh... It's, it's blustery down in Duckburg. Uh, knocking my coffee over. Good thing it's from this morning, so it's nice and cold. <laughs> Alright, today I have spent the past eight or so weeks building a deck. And playing. Trying out a deck. And making adjustments. I've learned, I've taken what we've learned this season, what I've learned this season, and put it to good use. Good use, Bruce. Excellent. Um, I have so much to say about this deck, uh, so let's get right into it. Um, I may have dropped hints um, over the past couple episodes, but if you have not caught them, uh, this is built around the card Nadir, Agent of the Duskinal. It's a five black, five and a black, it's a six mana uh, creature, three three, legendary creature, elf warrior. Uh, whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on Nadir, Agent of the Duskinal. When Nadir leaves the battlefield, create a number of 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature tokens equal to its power. So, it's a 6-mana 3-3, three, three, which sounds like it sucks, but, um, the... I'm gonna slow it down a bit. <laughs> I, feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm coming in here... So, in other words, you have a card like this, and I'm gonna assume, then, that the deck is... Loaded with ways to get tokens and get rid of tokens. Mm -hmm. And probably has something to do with a lot of little 1-1 creature tokens, because I suspect you were planning to see a lot of those as well. Yeah. So I saw this card, because I opened it in Commander Legends. Um, And I was like, you know, I'm having trouble finding inspiration for 60-card decks, and I keep coming back to this card. And so I decided to just kind of throw something together. And it didn't really want to hold together. Um, I think because the original, the the first, first, first draft, which I don't have a deck list for, uh, included right. green because it has the word green on it. Sure. Uh, it makes green elf warriors. That makes sense. But uh, <clears throat> then the thing that caught my eye was the fact that Nadir says whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield. Uh-huh. And I was like, that doesn't say creature. And you know what? Commander Legends and everything for the past three years has been is I, treasures. I was say, I think I know where I know where this is going. Yeah. So a lot of treasures. Uh, I said earlier that he's a six mana three three, which is true. But whenever he leaves the battlefield, so whether it's exile or bounce or flicker or uh, dies mm-hmm. <laughs> when he dies, uh, you get equal to its power so even if he doesn't have any counters on him you'll get three three elf, creatures green elf warriors yeah so for six mana you're getting a three three and probably generally three one ones so um, with without doing anything right you put him into play you get a three three and when he leaves you're getting three one ones so you're essentially getting your six power for six mana right and that's i mean obviously you know there, like, there is a step between getting the three and the other three. No, but, no. <laughs> um, I had one copy, so I slaughtered it in. Yeah. And I, I kind of went the treasure route. Uh, my very, my, I guess my second draft was very treasure heavy. Make as many treasures. Okay. But I didn't have any card draw. I didn't have any, like, I didn't really have much to do with the treasures. So the way I saw it going was kind of make some treasures, and then I guess when I need some plus one counters, I just sack a treasure for to float some mana, which, like, works, especially as a combat trick, which is right. pretty sweet. Um, and that, that idea kind of stays, but I definitely needed to, like, pull back to put in win cons <laughs> because a 3-3 three, three is not going to do it. Um, no, and for those who are wondering... Nadir is a is an uncommon. 
which means mm -hmm. that Nadir also does not have trample or flying or or menace or any kind of evasion. Uh, Nadir does not have is not indestructible. You're you're getting a creature that does its thing but does nothing to protect itself, yeah. and also. If you can get Nadir up to a twenty twenty, it can still be blocked by a one one. So, right. so Nadir offers what I love out of a commander in that it does a thing; it does not do all of the things. You're going to have to do some work to make this card work. <clears throat> so, Andy, you loaded up with treasures the first time around, and then I'm assuming now you've toned down treasures and gone towards I, i've i've toned down treasures a little bit yeah um i took out like i i used to have four rapacious rapacious dragons which is a five mana three three flyer yeah there's a three three theme in this deck not necessarily uh for a good sure <laughs> for like on purpose uh it's a three three flyer when it enters you get two treasures which yeah. you know so really it's three mana for a three three kind of um and uh, then I realized Kalein, Reclusive Painter, fits those colors, red and black. And I was like, ooh. Uh, Kalein is, a, is an uncommon uh, legendary from AFR, uh, Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Uh, one, two. When Kalein enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. Other creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on them for each mana from a treasure spent to cast them. And so this is kind of where my deck took a turn. Um, it really went from having the deer be the like centerpiece mm -hmm. to kind of co-piloting this idea with Kalein. Uh because Kalein beefs up my whatever uh, creatures I end up having in the deck, mm -hmm. but also uh, supports the 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 token uh, generation for Nadir and. As, as I've been building this deck through uh, Neon Dynasty, um, more and more have kind of trickled in because uh, there have been a lot of cards in Neon Dynasty that fit this theme of having tokens, generally artifacts, uh, right. leave the battlefield, uh, and so on. Um, and so the deck for a while was uh, Nadir and Kalein. I had a single Nadir's Nightblade. Still only have one because I just haven't bothered to buy more. Right. Um, to, so that it's like that Blood Artist kind of effect for tokens leaving the battlefield. And uh, Embodiment of Agonies has kind of been this underlying powerhouse in this deck. Of uh, It's a three mana, zero, zero flying death touch. When it enters the battlefield, it gets a plus one, plus one counter on it for each different mana cost among non-land cards in your graveyard. So... All in all, hopefully you have something in the graveyard. Otherwise, hopefully you have Kalein on the battlefield and you use, you use a treasure. Then you have a 1-1 one, one flying death touch. That's really all that you kind of need, is that you need this to be a blocker. Which, sure, there are better. There, there are better death touchers um, <laughs> for cheaper. I mean, it, there's probably dozens uh, that are cheaper mana cost than Embodiment of Agonies. But the fact that this gets counters helped with the theming and you know i'm not playing this to be the best uh but it uh the fact that it has flying has helped me out innumerably and uh then i kind of started going through uh so i went through all the blacks and all the reds and i was like oh i have this card and this card this will be really cool and it's just like a couple one ofs to kind of add some personal flavor to the deck uh we've got brash taunter um and silver-clad ferocidons uh, that were just kind of somewhere in my collection uh, that I was like, oh, this will be great for this deck. Um, One of the cards you haven't discussed yet, and I wanted to talk about it, um, the, the, because honestly, I've seen this deck come out a couple times, and I don't remember ever seeing Oni Cult Anvil yes. play. And I think this card, even it, it, this card, I, I, I think that there is... There's magic in this card, and I, I think I, I think more can love happen this with card. this card. For the folks at home, uh, Oni Cult Anvil is a gold artifact. It costs a black and a red, and it says whenever one or more artifacts you control leave the battlefield during your turn, 
Create a 1-1 colorless co construct artifact creature token. This ability triggers only once each turn. My thought was, this, this means that automatically, you sack even, you sack, the first treasure that you sack is going yeah. to essentially be, you're going to have a token replacing a token because it's going to be replaced by the 1-1 construct. Now, sure, that 1-1 construct is not going to do anything super exciting, uh, but it's there and it can die again to add yet another counter to Nadir. It can be oh, yes. the, that creature loss. Uh, you know, yeah. And you, yeah, there's just so much. Oh, yeah, and uh, the Oni Cult Anvil also says tap, sack an artifact. The anvil deals one damage to each opponent. You gain one life. So yeah, yeah. so it's got that... It's got that Nadir's Nightblade kind of thing going yeah. on. Um, and honestly, this is the first card that I'm like, when I need to make upgrades again to this deck, which will be probably within the next few weeks, um, this is the card that I need to put more of in. Um, and I think my favorite thing about this card is, sure, the first ability only triggers on your turn. Yeah. But... It does my favorite thing, which is incentivizes the owner to attack. Um, so you attack with your one one. Sure, it's a one one, but you know we're doing we're 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 playing a a uh, format where you're starting with twenty life. So you're doing five percent of their life total. Um, and if they block, you I mean, if they block, great, it dies, and then you get one again. Yeah. Um, yes, this only activates once per turn. And only on your turn. <laughs> right. So, like, it, it does incentivize you to attack, but it also incentivizes... I mean, like, it, it doesn't matter overall. Right. Um, the, one of the things I really get a kick out of this is this is one of these cards that really gets a lot better in 60 card as opposed to Commander. Because oh, absolutely. Because you're allowed to have two of these out at once. So, But if you yeah. have two of them, you sack one artifact, they both trigger. So one treasure getting used puts out two of your two of these one one tokens which then you know that so now you can you can you know you get the double you get that double activation for a single cost oh absolutely and i've I been really like that yeah i've been i've been playing around with this on arena and you know having two or three out really kind of widens your board even if you just on your turn you don't have a treasure if you just have one of these construct artifacts mm-hmm um, you sack it to it to the Oni Cult Anvil, and then you get you know if you have, let's say two, you get two more, and if you have something that has, you know I've got Pitiless mm -hmm. Plunderer in here, which I mean honestly, the other card that I need just more of in this deck, um, to get the value because, uh, you know a colorless or. The, the Construct leaves the battlefield. Let's say we have two Oni Cult Anvils. We get two. Yeah. And on top of it, uh, you get two treasures. If you I mean, you get a treasure if you have a Pitiless Plunderer. And it's one of those things where all of these things triggers more if you have more of these specific cards. Right. You know, the so, Anvil, the Plunderer. Right. Now, I appreciate that I'm starting, I'm starting to drift into your Christmas land here. But... Nadir, one copy of Nadir, yep. two of the Oni Cult Anvils, and one Pitiless Plunderer. The Pitiless Plunderer comes in, you get your treasure. You sack that treasure to float one mana. That then triggers the Oni Cult, each of the Oni Cult Anvils creates the two, the two tokens. And puts a plus one on Nadir. Right. Now, you can tap both of the Anvils, sack both of those creatures... In other words, two more creatures died. So two more counters go on Nadir. So you're now up three counters. You've now done two points of damage to each opponent, and you've gained two life. Oh, and by the way, two creatures died. The Pitiless Plunderer gives you two more... Uh, or is it here? Yeah, two more treasures. Well, you can sack the treasures for two. Now you're at five for Nadir, and you just didn't do a whole lot. Oh, and by the way, you still have... <laughs> now you've got three mana floating to do something else. So you can yeah. use that to clear the path, to go where, you know, however you want to do it, or even just to keep one treasure handy for the next turn 
so you can re-trigger everything all over again. It's great. And so yeah, you get there's all sorts of buildups here that you know, which is what I really love about a lot of a lot of sixty card decks is just trying to get that little interaction that aren't overwhelming, but just you know, they're great. They're and they're insidious because everybody else looks and sees. Yeah, it's a point. It's a point. You know, it's a point here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. great. I'm I'm glad to see your Nadir is now a six six that I can still block with my one one. You know. They're not seeing the bigger scheme, which means that that one one of yours isn't going to be around very long to block. So yeah. Now the thing with the anvil that does suck is that if you sack your construct token on somebody else's turn, you don't get anything in return, but you you drain. So that's fine. Yeah, whatever. you can. Still, yeah, you'll still get to drain. You'll still get the plus one plus one counter on Nadir. There there are definitely benefits to it. Um, um, I will add, too, that this does not say sack another artifact. So if, for whatever reason, it is the only f- artifact on the field and somebody's targeting it with something, just sack it to itself. You yeah. get one. It's fine. Yeah, if you're going to lose it anyway, might as well might as well get the maximum out yeah. of it. Um, if, somebody's, if, if somebody's targeting it with Decimate, great, you fizzled it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. So like there's there's so many reasons for this to make it so that I want more of this card. Um, right. So so far I've got two cards that I want more copies of that I only have one of Pitiless Plunder, which I actually think I had a few more before, but when I was like taking back a few of the treasure generators, I think I took the, it out because I mean honestly Pitiless Plunder it's a twelve dollar co- uncommon. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to buy more. That's right. for sure. <laughs> well, this is, um, yeah, and this is something that I really like. That something else that I kind of like about building with sixty card, especially at the stage that this deck is in. A lot of times, you found the card. Mm. You know, in Commander, you find the card. Okay, now I've got to find other cards that do the same thing. And in, in with sixty card, it's I found the card. Now, if it's twelve dollars, maybe I need to try and find other cards that do the same thing. Or, if it's not, then it's like, okay, maybe I need to pick up a couple more copies of this so that the deck does this more often for me. So, yeah. you, get, and you so, get that double act, that double win. Yeah. And so, to kind of, like, round out the deck, I threw in a bunch of non-creature spells, so instants and sorceries, uh, that I thought would do a lot of work, which it surprisingly did. Um, I kind of t- kept an eye on things that sacrificed so that I could start taking things off my board to build up Nadir. Um, the the biggest help so far have been uh, Deadly Dispute, which, speaking of wildly wildly expensive for their, their standing, uh, a $4 common, Deadly Dispute, uh, <laughs> it's an instant. You sack either an artifact or a creature, and you draw two cards and create a treasure. So... You know, it's two mana. You can sack a treasure as the right. additional cost and then get a treasure right back. Uh, and if you have the anvil out, if it's your turn, you can get another construct, blah, blah. Like, it it just creates opportunity for these Yeah, these I mean, if the, if the anvil's out, then you sack, the, you sack the treasure to make one of the mana that you need for the deadly dispute, and then you can sack your 1-1 uh, your construct as the creature that's as a, an artifact or creature that's required to cast it. Oh, so, absolutely. Um, um, and um, I've got... Uh, I, then I was kind of looking at cards from Commander Legends, came across Corpse Churn, which says mill three cards, then return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand, which helps out with Embodiment of Agonies. It helps out with Chainer to kind of just fill the graveyard. Um and, you know, then you also can get a creature back that you don't want in the graveyard. That explains um, a lot. I was I was going to ask about Corpse Turn, but... Yeah, I so I threw a couple in there just to see how yeah. it works. Uh, and the fact that it's two mana instant is excellent. Because, you know, somebody board wipes, you play it at the end of the person to your right's turn. Mm-hmm. And you get the creature that you desperately wanted on the board at back out into your hand. Right. Um that said uh i need more victimize in this deck victimize is a sorcery for two and a black it says choose two target creature cards in your graveyard any two 
sacrifice a creature, any of it, any creature you have. Like a 1-1 artifact construct creature? Exactly. Or a 1-1 green elf warrior creature token. Yes. Uh, If you do, return the chosen cards to the battlefield tapped. Sure, it's a sorcery, so you can't use them as blockers. But if you've got, for whatever reason, Brash Chaunter in your graveyard, if you have all three Nadirs in your graveyard, if you have silver-clad Ferocidons in your graveyard, if you have Rapacious Dragons in your graveyard... you got Shainer in your graveyard. Yeah. If if you have Rapacious Dragons in your graveyard, choose two of them, put them onto the battlefield tapped, you get four treasures. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've, You've added to your mana. Um, and, um, so I, th- I think I want more of those unless there's an instant that does the same thing, but I don't think there is. And I think honestly, if there was, might be a little too OP for this deck. Uh, but I'm very excited about this deck, but I have some big glaring issues with it that we'll talk about when we get back in break. Sounds Sound good? good. All right. We'll be right back. This episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by Professor's Warning. Have you liked Snakeskin Veil, but you're unwilling to play green? Professor's Warning gives you half of it, but your choice, in black. <laughs> now back to you. <sighs> so this deck, oh, I forgot to mention before break. Yeah. Uh, the standout, and maybe just because it's new and our playgroup is caught off guard and surprised by new cards. Yeah. Uh, Lunar Frenzy is possibly one of the most, uh, one of my most favorite uncommons from either of the Innistrad sets. Right. Um, for Red and X, target creature you control gets plus X plus O, first strike, and trample. Now, if it hasn't been clear yet, the idea behind the deck is to get Nadir out, get him as big as you can, and then uh, attack with him. Because if he dies, right. you get a bunch of tokens. If he doesn't die, you get damage through. Probably. And now, either, yeah. either I missed it, or you're slow rolling it. Because the key to this card, for me, mm-hmm. is that it, it's an instant... Oh yes, it's an instant. It's an instant. So it's a it's a combat trick. <laughs> yes, but so, it's the most busted combat trick. This card exists, and it always has, as uh, Howl from Beyond, and then there's a red version of it that also does the same thing. And both of those just pump the power for <laughs> X and a either red or X and a black. They just pump the power, but that's it. Yeah. I, it, this one gives you the trample that the de- that that Nadir desperately needs. And I mean it's got first strike on top of that. So it's likely going to wipe out anything that's going to block before it can even swing back. I mean, yeah. And the best part of it? Yeah. If you're put it if you're targeting Nadir with it? Yeah. You you your trample or your to- your treasures do double work. So they add to yes. X, and they're adding plus ones to Nadir. Sure, um, yeah. If you're if you're using uh, treasure as, to pump up the X, yeah, you're yeah. getting double. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Um, so this this deck needs more of that too. Um, the other part, and um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is I I'm almost sure this is something you haven't used yet. Is it is an instant? There is nothing saying that this has to target Nadir. There's nothing saying that this has to target one of your creatures. Oh, yes. So if somebody else is swinging in for a solid hit on one of your opponents, you can really buff that up. Or I've you, done it. Or you, yeah. can, or you can even make X zero just to give yeah. an opposing creature first strike to kill off a problematic creature that somebody else is using. There's yeah, all sorts trample. of ways to make this. <laughs> yes, there's all sorts of ways to make this work. Because you can use it on defense and offense for, again with your opponents. Um, it's everything you want in Gruel, yeah. and it's just red. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, for for a twenty five set uncommon, I need more. Um, yeah, especially and, with this deck. <laughs> so, uh, um, 
one of my favorite cards in here, and it's it's gotten me to start thinking about uh, sixty card decks in terms of the fact that they are four player games. Uh, is Impulsive Pilferer. It's a one. It's a single red mana for a one one, Goblin Pirate. Wow, amazing! A one one for one. Uh, but when it dies, you get a treasure token. So you know uh, whether it's through combat or you're sacrificing it, you get a treasure out of it. Like in addition. Yeah. And um, then it also has Encore, which is a Commander Legends uh, mm-hmm. uh, mechanic, where it says exile this card. Uh, Pay cost, exile this card from your graveyard. For each opponent, create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn, if able. Uh, They gain haste and sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Activate only a sorcery. So, say it's your turn. You got Nadir out. He's got a few counters on him, maybe. It's your first main phase. Maybe it's your second main phase. Uh, you, You see Impulsive Pilfer in your graveyard. You pay four. You've got three other opponents, so you make three tokens of this card. And you can attack with them. They're going to die at the end of turn anyway. Um, As soon as they die, you get plus one, plus one counters, and you get a treasure. And it's not even... Yeah. And the fact that, like, like, you could just as easily, like, if it's a stale board state... You could just as easily do it second main phase and then going into end step, sacrifice them, get the counters, get the treasures. It's fine. Like, uh, for four mana, you get a couple treasure out of it. You get some plus one, plus one counters. It's fine. And especially with how many things, you know, care about. Uh, I mean, I guess there's not too many, like, when you sacrifice things uh, in this in this uh, list anymore. Uh, it's pretty much gotten down to Mayhem Devils, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's 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 making me look at that design space of Wizards looking at multiplayer formats um, because they really do... They do wonders, especially in 60-card decks. Um it, it reminded me of, of your Hungry Links, for mm-hmm. instance, where it only benefits from having more right. opponents. It only benefits from having more copies. Um, and I love it. <laughs> um, now, where this deck falls short is, as you can see, there are a lot of cards. Like, different cards. Um, I think this deck could be honed more. We've talked already about Oni Cult Anvil. Um, we haven't talked about Dragon Spark Reactor. I've gotten it onto the battlefield once, mm-hmm. um, and I think I activated activated it in response to being attacked to get rid of the creature. Right. Um, so it says whenever Dragon Spark Reactor or another artifact enters the battlefield under your control, put a charge counter on it, and then second line says four mana. Sacrifice Dragon Spark Reactor. It deals uh, deals damage equal to the number of charge counters on it to target player and that much damage up to one target creature. Pl- say you play this on curve. Say you play this turn two. It'll just be gaining more and more counters. And then you just have to hold up four mana, which is generally pretty easy in a treasures deck. Right. Uh, so every time you get a treasure, you get a counter every time you get a construct token you get a counter um, yeah so if you can activate this with four treasures while the oni cult anvil is out there so you sack your four treasures to get the four mana well you've just sacked four treasures now you're getting four constructs you have one construct so, it only activates one oh, it only, it only triggers one active triggers one but say you have yeah. two say you have two anvils out sure but then you're getting two more, so you get two more, uh, yeah. uh, what is it? Two more charge, two more counters, charge counters on it. So yeah, this piles up. This piles up quick. Definitely, and so uh, that that so for as of now, my shopping list. Let's say I'm waving my hand as if I'm writing a shopping right. list. 
Only Cult Anvil. Yeah. A couple more. Probably three is like the, the right amount for this deck. Dragon Spark so. Reactor could probably do with one more, which I think I have right here on my desk somewhere. Nice. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, probably more Pitiless Plunderers. I think I have two more in my collection somewhere. It's just solid, you know, it, it only triggers on your creatures, but, you know, the idea is for your creatures to die, and then Lunar Frenzy. All of those cards I need to make room for. Um, and where I can start with making room is Mayhem Devil. So Mayhem Devil, for those who don't know, and I'd be surprised if you don't, uh, is a 3-3 for one black and red creature devil. Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, Mayhem Devil deals one damage to any target. So, evolving wilds, treasure, food, it goes on and on and on. People are sacrificing things all the time. So, Mayhem Devil, very powerful card. But, <laughs> I've played against Mayhem Devil. It is a pain to get rid of. It's so frustrating to have on the board. I have three in this deck. And I <laughs> threw it in, threw them in because I was like, oh, this is a sacrifice deck. It's not. Like, right. it is, but it's not. It's the only thing in the deck that really benefits from specifically sacrificing things. Um, it's a pain to deal with. It's a good card. But it doesn't fit. Um, and that was, that was actually a thing that I realized on the way home today. Like, literally half an hour ago. Um, and I was like, I, I hate playing against it. Why would I put it in my deck? And the answer is because it's a good card. Right. Um, why I would take it out? Because I know that it's miserable. Why would I take it out? Because it doesn't do any. It doesn't do the deck. It doesn't do deck. Uh, right. And as we've seen for the past half hour that we've been talking about this deck... There's so much, so many more opportunities for uh, this deck to do deck. Like, if I put in more Oni Cold Anvils or, you know, uh, Pitiless Plunders, like, where putting more cards in means I need to take something out. Right. So might as well be the one that makes feel bad and uh, doesn't fit in, like, the... Like, you'll get value out of it, sure. But that's because the card is built with value. Um, it just doesn't do... It, it, it's like... It's a, it's a more or less a win more card. Um, so yeah. I mean, I'm not going to judge people if they want to build this deck with... You know, as many Mayhem Devils as you can fit. But it's just... It's not for me. Right. Um, I will say... No, just to be clear... I mean, we're talking about changes to improve the deck. Mm -hmm. To the greater audience. Yes, yes, we're fully aware. Dockside extortion ex extortionist exists. We're fully aware that there are, you know, big money cards that will make this deck significantly better. And, you know, we're not going to talk about whether or not we should put four Dockside extortionists in here. Of course we should, but... I, we're paying this is a 60 card casual folks and that's a lot of, that's a lot of money to buy specifically for the deck so yeah it's a 65 dollar um, card right now right now and in most of our games i think generally speaking the extortionist if you just play it straight up will get you three three to five yeah. treasures i um, really need to loop it yeah you would need you would need to be able to be able to sack it with this with this particular deck you need to be able to sack it and then bring it back into play that way yeah um but it's not you know i don't want to dwell on this any longer than we already have it's just not a card that's that we're talking about for this deck this is not yeah. this is not a deck where where we're going to go through and say you know oh yes why don't you add this 20 dollar card and this 20 dollar card it's just that that's a little ridiculous and it's sort of beyond yeah. the point of what we're talking about the whole idea is to be able to build within that some level of constraint and that's sort of where this lands so yeah and i think too like with that it's 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 interesting because i i look at cards like dockside and i'm mm -hmm. like yeah no of course it could be good in here yeah but it 
I mean, you know, as of now, according to Architect, um, the deck without basic lands costs forty nine nineteen. Right. Yeah, it doesn't for, really for the dollars that it's going to cost you. It's just yeah. not that much better. And you know? on top of it, it doesn't. It's still like, yes, it makes treasures. But as I said earlier, I had to dial back on the treasure makers. I had to like be like, whoa, 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 too many treasures, not enough things. Right. Um, like, and I mean, so it doesn't it doesn't do deck, yeah. but also like there are like I have a card in mind that I would add to this deck four times over before I add Dockside Extortionist. But if you have anything more to say about Dockside, feel free. No, I don't. Actually, I okay. think I want to talk about the card that you might be thinking about. Um, so the card that I'm thinking of is, yes, it's a $15 card. And I have a copy in one of my decks somewhere. Uh-huh. And I wish I had a full playset in this deck. It's the Ozolith. Oh, okay. That was not the card I was thinking of. But the Ozolith makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the Ozolith is a one-mana legendary artifact. And it says whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield. Leaves the battlefield. Doesn't yeah. die. Doesn't get exiled when it leaves. So... When it guys, when it gets exiled, when it gets sacrificed, when it gets bounced, whatever. If it has creature counters on it, put those on the Ozolith at the beginning of combat on your turn. You can take those, put them on a target creature. So now, right now, it's just the embodiment of Agonies and Nadir are the only ones that get counters, right? Um, let's see. Hold on. I can't remember if there was any others with Kalein. Uh, any okay. of my creatures. Right. Any of my creatures can get plus one, plus one counters. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that seems to be really it. But, like, you know, I have got, I've got three claims in there. Yeah. It, it, I almost always, like, of the handful of games that I've played, I almost always have a claim on board. Right. Um, and I have a few treasures. Um, the Ozolith would be the prime, ex- quote-unquote, expensive card to add to this deck right um and because for me this was very inspired by your pure and toothy deck which i'm sure we will talk about at some point at some point yeah um but the idea is to play peer to go find toothy to play toothy and then go find peer and you always have one or the other in hand and then if one gets big enough or it's going to die or whatever, or you just need value or card draw, you play one to, to get rid of the other, put the counters on the pack on it because of the effects, yeah. whatever. Essentially, you get Toothy up to like three or four counters and then play another Toothy. Because right. then the legend rule kicks in, you get to pick which one dies, you pick the one with the counters. When it leaves, you get to draw three cards for the three counters that are on it. And because you're drawing three cards, the other toothy is out, sees you drawing three, you add three counters to it. The net so result was... is it cost you one card and you drew Yeah. You drew a bunch of cards. You drew a bunch that you didn't have before. <clears throat> right. And that kind of that idea, that that playing with that mechanic of the legendary rule, using it as a mechanic rather than a rule, right. really kicked in for me when I was think when I was building this deck. Because I thought about what if I add more Nadirs? What if whatever? And the idea is you get Nadir out, you put a bunch of counters on it mm-hmm. over the course of a couple turns, you put another Nadir out, you kill the other, you kill the one with the, all the counters on yeah. it, or you, you know, you attack and then you, you kill it. Um, and then you get a bunch of elf warriors. And then um, you have one that doesn't have counters on it, but if you have some way to get rid of those tokens or if they just die through combat or whatever, you end up putting plus ones back onto Nadir and then you do it over again. Now you don't have the, you don't have the tutor effect of like a peer and toothy, but it's very similar. Like, Oh, like <laughs> you get to, you get to pull one out, kill the one with all the counters to get value. And then the value ends up coming back to Nadir at some point. Right. Um, and that's kind of where the Ozolith kind of would be super sweet because you kill the one with the, the counters on it, you get the the tokens, yeah. you put the counters on the Ozolith, next combat, Nadir's got it back. Right. And, and it doesn't it doesn't feel 
Like, like a, yeah. a, there have been certain things in this deck that I've been like, this is clearly magical Christmas land. But like putting Nadir out while Nadir's on to get a bunch of elves—that's not particularly Christmas. It's land. it's not that crazy, um, because that's what the card does. So um, removal. Yeah, I think I have something that might fit the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, pestilence. Mm. So pestilence. For those who don't know, it's an older school card. It costs two black and two, and it basically reads that. You spend a black mana, and it does one point of damage to all creatures and players. So everybody takes a, takes one hit on their life, and all the creatures take one point of damage. Which means that, admittedly, every time you create a 1-1 colorless construct, or if Nadir dies, and you get a bunch of your 1-1 warriors, they're all vulnerable to Pestilence. One, one hit, and they're gone. Now, Pestilence isn't just one hit, because you can do it multiple times, as much as you have black mana. So, but my thought was more, if you've got a handful of these tokens out, Mm -hmm. you can Pestilence for one. It eliminates all those tokens, which means Nadir gets that many plus and plus one counters. But it will allow you to get rid of some of your opponent's creatures. Yeah, especially where, especially if you have, say, Pitiless Plunderer out, you can activate Pestilence up to four times. Or up to three times, yeah. uh, and keep the pitiless plunder. So when these things die, you get the treasures. You can sack the treasures to get a Nadir bigger, and B to activate pestilence more to possibly just kill all your opponents at once. Right. Granted, it hits you too, so like you need to be careful with that. But it does. Um, My thought was that every time you're activating pestilence, that mm-hmm. Nadir is likely growing. Mm. So Nadir is not going to be in any danger of getting killed by the Pestilence, but it could very well clear the board of a lot of the smaller blockers. So if you don't have a copy of Lunar Frenzy, or uh, you know, or you're concerned about your opponent's one-one Death Touch, you know, this might be a way around that. Now, yeah, I know that there's a lot of other creatures in this deck that would really not look kindly at two points of Pestilence damage because it can do some serious damage to the actual creature cards that are in the deck. So maybe that's not the way to go, but it was certainly something I... When I saw Nadir and thought about all those 1-1 counters, I thought, uh, I mean, honestly, even a Pyroclasm for two might be enough to make the Nadir explode in size. Yeah, I would say that really the only creatures that like would hate you for doing any more than you, <clears throat> yeah, would be, excuse me, Chainer or Kalein. Uh In okay. which case, like, you, there are ways to bring them back. Yeah, um, and if you're doing two points of damage to everything with either Pestilence or Pyroclasm, like your things are like your your one ones are gonna die. Yes, Nadir's gonna get bigger. And with that as well, you're also triggering Silverclad Ferocidons, you're triggering yeah. Rash Taunter. Like, there are things that will actually just get you a little bit more value that you might not care about Kalein dying or Chain right. dying. So, um, the, and I also looked at Pestilence kind of as a mana dump. So, if you are accumulating a lot of treasures, this could be a place to, to pour yeah. that mana. If The thing with Chainer, too, is that if Chainer is about to die to, say pyroclasm discard a card you can activate chainer in addition to or like in response to the thing that's going to kill it to then get chainer back out right (laughs) like it's it's that simple yeah uh chainer is absurdly uh he's got a real talent for staying alive yeah resilient there we go um yeah i just I love this deck because the more I look at it, the more things that I'm like, oh, I should just buy these cards. I should just get, the, like, I should... And all the cards I'm looking at are, like, 25 cents. Right. You know, Dragon Spark Reactor, Oni Colt Anvil, Lunar Frenzy, all a quarter. Um, yep. And it's... So, like, a playset of each costs $3. Right. <laughs> uh, and... My last card card suggestion uh-huh. 
<clears throat> and honestly, I keep looking at the deck and trying to figure out where it would fit, and I'm not sure that it really fits. Um, Academy Manufacturer. Ha. Um, so every time you I saw you talking a, about this on Twitter the other day. Yes. So every time you create a treasure, you're also going to get a clue, and you're going to get a food. Now, mm. <clears throat> I appreciate that it costs mana to activate the clue to draw you a card, and I appreciate that it costs mana to activate food to gain to three gain life. life. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. This deck doesn't really take the, as much advantage of that. However, you can sack them to the Oni Cult Anvil, so that's an option rather than having to sack a treasure specifically to the Anvil as opposed to sacking the treasure for mana. This would, yeah, this would definitely be a card that I would look at uh, because. This would be a card I would look at if I was to continue in the direction of things like Pestilence. Yeah. Uh, because I don't want things that are too involved to then get food or to get any sort of life gain. Like, right. there's there's not enough space in this deck to add in a life gain strategy. Right. Uh, so something that's going to just end up creating food, uh, which is an artifact token. Which is a token. Yeah. Like, there's reasons why food would be the perfect uh, way to gain life in this deck uh, so that you don't kill yourself with pestilence. Yeah. Um, and, but with that, you don't want to take over the main thing that your deck's want, deck wants to do, which is actually why I think this, if I was to put in pestilence, this would actually be, would go wonderfully hand in hand. Yeah. I just don't want to turn this into something else. You, and, you don't want to build my deck into your deck, well, and I appreciate that. Right, and I don't want to, you know, so I don't want to include something which will give you more artifacts, but if you have no real way to sack them to gain that benefit for, for mm. the year, then, then, why, then why put it in in the first place? You might, as well yeah. have, you might as well, like you said, you tone down the number of treasures in the deck to make the deck work. If this is just going to create more bustle on your board with no real result then it's just not as it's just not as helpful so yeah and i think too um but with that though is that like this deck does not have a like a lack of mana like i've got two i've got two copies of temple of the false god yeah uh i did not feel comfortable putting in a third no. but having more than one felt really cool yeah um but also beyond that like uh I think what food is two and sack to gain three. Yes. Um, two mana at instant speed, probably pretty easy to get away with. But if you're using treasure, yeah, I wouldn't want to be lose... having to sack treasure to gain three life. I, I don't know. Uh, at instant speed, it's pretty great because if you're attacking with the deer and you know that in the future, oh, like if you have pestilence saying. in hand or if you have pestilence on board, you sacrifice two treasures nadir gets uh, uh, two counters and then you sack the food to gain the three life he gets a third counter yeah so i mean like it's 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 got its benefits um that's actually got me thinking more too about things uh let's see just if you're gonna do that you might as well be using it for the clue and drawing yeah. yourself another card but either way i didn't i didn't want to send us down a different rabbit hole yeah. The deck does what it does. And I, I do think, like, while I think Academy Manufacturer is a good card, I think it would force you to warp the deck. It forces, yeah. you to, I, forces you to bend the deck in a different direction that I don't think you necessarily want to be going in. So, I, I Yeah, I think it would involve a little bit of restructuring um, to build around that more. Um, but I think that it could be a helpful thing to keep in mind when I'm figuring out what needs to go anyway um it's it's pretty pretty exciting i'll, I'll put the the deck list as it is uh yeah. as of recording um in the show notes um anything else you want to say the other piece um i really like professor's warning in this deck mm -hmm. if for no other reason uh target creature gains indestructible until the end of the turn is a very valuable thing to have for nadir um and you know that might be something that you look to add another one to. Um, I like, yeah. I really like that. Um, 
I also like a Malakir Rebirth. Um, the idea that this could come into play as a land if you need it, or for one mana, you can target Nadir. You lose two life, and until the end of the turn that creature gains, when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So as soon as somebody goes, as soon as somebody is killing it, you could respond by essentially giving it, you know, a restart. So yeah. it dies, you get all your one ones, and then you get him right back. Yeah, so. I, I really liked, yeah, I really <laughs> liked uh, looking for more of those types of effects. And that's why I also put Fain Death in, which is essentially yeah. the same thing. Uh, it doesn't have a land on the other side, but uh, when your creature comes back, it comes with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Right, which, which is helpful. Is very with nice in this deck. It's a good team. Um, so, like, I, I, I put one of each in just yeah. to see, like, A, am I ever going to be putting Malakir Rebirth down as the land? And B, <clears throat> is Fain Death just better in this deck? Uh, and I think the answer might be yes. Uh, it, it may very well be. Um, you're producing so many treasures that I really don't know when. I mean, maybe if on your third turn you still only had one land, then yeah, then I'd play the Malakir Rebirth or play it as the land as opposed to Malakir Rebirth. But otherwise, yeah. you're saving it for just that. And honestly, a Fain Death does the same thing but follows the theme a lot better. Why not run that instead? So. No, I think you've got a great deck. I'm looking forward to seeing how the ch- looking forward to seeing the changes as they uh, as they come too. in. So, um, but I think that's going to do it for us today. I think so. Um, I think uh, we showed how to de-optimize this deck, but still keep it running. <laughs> uh, again, goodbye, Mayhem Devil. Get out of here. Leave. Um, because we're Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And uh, may your fifth land... uh, Wow. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fit land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!